Greetings, 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 everyone. This is Rob, and we're back with the Unicorn's Couch. This is episode seven, season two. Uh, with me, as always, are my trusty compadres. Um, I have my man Jay and my man Orn, and we have a juicy, juicy topic today, but I want my uh, two brethren to introduce themselves before we get into it. So please, gentlemen. Hey, good good evening or good afternoon or good morning, depending on where you are. Um, we want to say from the Unicorn's Couch that we are glad to be in this space with you. We're looking forward to this discussion today. It's a very interesting one that Rob did some research and he picked on it. And we we went over the production. I have to say, I was like, oh, man, I don't know if we can cover all this. So mm. we have to we might have to add more to this. Um also, um, I'm Oren, and I got to turn it over to Jeremy for his introduction. Hey, man. Greetings, beautiful and brilliant people. I'm, I'm just, um, you know, honor and a pleasure to be here. And just, you know, as we were talking before the, the record button was hit, I was reminded of never stand so close to greatness that we fail to recognize it. And I just want to um, mm. you know, give thanks to the listeners for, for giving us your ear and your time, your attention and energy, but also to, um, you know, you know, give folks credit where credit is due. I'm, I'm in the presence of greatness with uh, Brother Rob and Brother Oren. So I just want to, you know, give thanks for that. So um, you know, once again, it's it's on. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for that, Jay. And it's funny because that's a perfect segue uh, for us to invite you to send us any comments that you have uh, on any past episodes or any comments that you had for this particular episode. We want to hear from you. You can send any of that information, um, questions or concerns or comments or any feedback that you have, good or bad. Uh, to unicornscouts at gmail.com. Now, you may be wondering, or your friends may ask, well, where can I hear this podcast? And I'm so glad that you asked that, listeners. You can hear us on most podcast uh, platforms. So that's Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Facebook, Simplecast, Chrome, Google, Pos- Google Podcasts, excuse me, uh, Deezer, iTunes, CastBox. And again, if you have a platform that you love and that we're not on, please send us an invitation or tell us about it at unicornscouts at gmail.com and we will see what we can do to get on that platform for you. Um, I want to also let everyone know that today's topic is social media. Ooh. <laughs> right, social media. Now, before we get into it, into it, we got to get some shout outs and thanks to all of the people that are listening to us around the globe. And that's right. You heard us around the globe. You are part of a global audience. We have people that listen to us from France, from Hungary, Mexico, Barbados, Slovenia, Brazil, Qatar, Ireland, and of course, these United States of America. Um, uh, we are very happy. Thank you. We want to shout you out for listening and keep listening. So, Let's jump right into it, gentlemen. Mm. I'm going to start out with a quote like we always like to start out with, just to get your mind kind of going. Um, and the quote is as follows. Nothing vast enters the life of mortals without a curse. Mm. Mm. Yeah, let me say that again. Nothing vast enters the life of mortals without a curse. Mm. Okay. That was uh, Sophocles that said that. Okay. So let me jump right into the questions and let me set the scene a little bit. This right here, ladies and gentlemen, is just a penny in the dollar that is social media. It is just a small expert. It is just our opinions on social media, where it started, where we think it is now, where it might go. Um, You may have an opinion on it. If you do, please let us know. But I felt that it was important that since we've been talking about self-care, that we talk about something that we do every day that may be addictive and we don't even know. Um, And so that's social media. So my first question to you, gentlemen, uh, you know, social media started out as a fundamental force for good. Okay. Um, You know, as a way for you to kind of talk with old school mates, um, uh, old classmates or old family members or reconnect or things of that nature. Um, talk with uh, current uh, friends and things of that nature, kind of a platform to show off, you know, what you were doing and, and how you were doing. 
Uh, so that it, it started out, uh, you know, good. It really, it was just a force of good, and, and and we were naive to it. I believe now that it morphed into something that we cannot control. Mm-hmm. What, are, what are you guys? thoughts on what you believe social media was and what you believe social media is now. What are your thoughts on that? Um, one of the things that I think um, is really important about this topic is that social media is now something that is studied a little bit more intently. There's apps, there's actually a concept called cyber psychology, behavior and social networking which is a um, journal that kind of looks at online social networking and mental health. And, you know, besides the series of algorithms and, and other things that are going on around just worldwide web access and its influence is that everything that occurs in, in media still speaks to its original purpose, like to mm-hmm. me. And the original purpose of social media and any media, for that matter, is for the purpose of advertisement and selling things, right? And so TV was created to sell things. And to this day, it's still marketed like that. So social media has the same characteristics. The challenge about social media, since it's relatively new comparison to television and radio and other platforms like the phone and all those things, is that when you talk about social media now, there's a a lack of understanding of whether or not it's real or not. And, And what I would say is that, you know, we can talk about personal examples, like for example, me in social media, I was introduced to Facebook through my friends in Barbados because they knew, figured out a way to communicate without being charged an inordinate amount of money. That's how I learned about Facebook. I didn't learn about Facebook through anybody in America, but I remember things like Black Planet and other other platforms as well um, mm-hmm. that was doing these these kind of organized social outlets. And now it's morphed into um, a way of life for some people. It's mm-hmm. affected people's not health, well being, their social status. Um, there's concepts like influencers that never would have been in existence had it not been for social media. And, you know, I have clients and young people that I know that are trying to be professional influencers. And so it's a way to make money. Um, it's a way to get, to get degrees almost. So it's expanded beyond what the wildest imagination, but it's fundamental purpose to me still remains the same, which is advertising. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And 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 I, I want to just revisit for a moment the quote that you had offered to 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 kind of set the table for, for, for the discussion today, right? Is that it reminds me of this law of polarity. The law of polarity that everything has a positive and, and negative charge to it. Mm. Right? You can't have sunshine without shadow. Mm-hmm. And for all of the enlightenment, all of the benefit, all of the positive, pleasurable experiences that social media has introduced to us, I've reconnected when I was more present in social media. I reconnected with people that I thought that I had lost connection with. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm talking about like elementary school friends and folks that I hadn't seen and talked to for years and and friends and relatives that are geographically disconnected from where I presently live. And yet there's a shadow. There's a negative side to everything. And I think that the quote that you shared is, you know, by way of, um, you know, nothing vast enters the life of mortals without a curse is we have to look at the shadow side. What is this underbelly? What is the, the, the potential and kinetic negative energy that can flow from social media? Right. And I think that we are now seeing it because it's been present in our life long enough to really assess and to determine the, the, the unwanted, unwelcome side effects. And really, at this point, I think that social media is clearly intended to create consumers and folks that give up or relinquish information about themselves. It's a data mining Multi-billion-dollar industry. Absolutely, 
right? Mm. And I think that we have to be very, very, very careful who is profiting off of this data and this information, who's profiting off of the time and energy and attention that is devoted to this wonderfully, potentially positive tool um, that we may not always be consciously connected to the shadow side of it. Mm. I, I, I appreciate that uh, from both of you. And, and I would then challenge by saying, um, so what changed this landscape from it being an advertising tool uh, to how we interact with each other, um, specifically this generation? I mean, I, I, I don't, I have seen um, that it is easier for them to have a conversation via social media than it is for them to have a conversation in person. Um, and so all social skills uh, have now been challenged at this particular point. And, and I would ask, what changed that landscape? Is it the accessibility? Um, is it the ease? As Orrin said, is it is it the fact that, uh, you know, my brothers in Barbados or what have you are able to use a platform that doesn't cost them money, um, uh, upfront, Money because yeah, upfront money. I have to say that to my listeners. You know, what what do you guys think changed the landscape? I feel like it's opportunity. Mm. Opportunity um that people perceive. Um when I was a high school senior, I had an opportunity, a junior, high school junior I had an opportunity to actually leave school early and go to higher university for journalism. And, and I was in pre-journalism and I did a lot of writing. And during that time, we were taught that if it bleeds, it leads, meaning that the more mm. the story, the more likely we would write it. Um, I wound up taking a different path and I wanted my senior year. So I wound up staying in high school and, and taking a different path. But the, the, the opportunity to tell a story and hear it in a way that makes you feel good is mm-hmm. opportunity. And as a, it doesn't even have to be true anymore, right? It's okay. Just to hear it in a way that feels good. The opportunity to touch somebody that you have would never under normal circumstances have access to. You know, like touch somebody that's famous, talk to your famous rapper or talk to a uh, 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 athlete or actor or something like that. The opportunity Mm -hmm. to delve into somebody else's life, somebody you Mm. know or or, or used to know, the opportunity to try and paint a picture that you might be doing better than you actually are. Mm. You know, so so these, these opportunities is what, people get connected to and even some people get addicted to it right okay and, that, and, that, and I think Rob you started alluding to it a little bit where people can't function outside of it or feel like they can't function outside of it you go out on a date they sit at the table and they check in their status or they mm. take a picture of every meal that they're having or they you know every drink that they're having you know these are things that I think people are seeing as opportunities. Um, but it's consistent with every media form. The only thing about social networking that I think is really different is that it's individual to the person. So you can control it, whereas it's not being controlled by to you by the news. Mm-hmm. So, 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 Jay, before you jump in, um, I, I'm really going to challenge that by the end of this conversation. Um, but I love the fact that you painted to our listeners two things. Hold on, Jay. I'm going to let you go because I know you got it. Uh, two things is I love the fact that you mentioned that there's an addictive uh, um, or an addiction to this. Uh, I will add this one thing to that, Orrin. Everybody's doing it and we don't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. And the last part about uh, what you said, which I thought was just so brilliant, is you're able to escape. So social media, part of escapism, you have that opportunity that before the TV, you, you never think you could talk to um, Michael Jackson or somebody, yeah. you know, rest his soul. Mm-hmm. But you can send him something and he may reply back. Right. So, you know, I, I, I love that you mentioned that the opportunity. Yeah. Jay, what, what do you have to say? I'm sorry. Bro. No, no. I, to, to, to add on to that, it's the opportunity with immediacy. 
Yeah. It's, it's not like I have to write a letter to my sports hero icon and wait, you know, three months for some sort of response. It's yeah. like, no, it's instantaneous. Right. right. And I think that factors into this addictive quality mm-hmm. because it's incredibly practical. Social media is incredibly practical. It's incredibly useful. It's incredibly expedient and efficient. Right. These are all of the things that to use a, an intentional you know, reference of cocaine, there are testers mm-hmm. that are given out. There are freebies that are given out. Mm-hmm. And I think without full awareness of what we are hooked on, we have gotten hooked on some of the free testers. And now that it is commercial, now that there are so many advertisements involved and it's a multi-billion dollar industry and it's, it's gone public and there are shareholders and stakeholders and investors. Right now we see after several years of this emerging reality, we see how people are profiting off of this escapism, this, you know, you know, um, so many folks are are buying into this illusion of reality. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And I I think as as Oren was said, some people are so dependent upon it. Also, we're dealing with generations of children teenagers Mm. that were born into this reality. It's normative for them. They don't know any other way by personal experience. Mm -hmm. I remember when I was a teenager, having, let's say, a black president was far-fetched, but still talked about, Mm -hmm. right? Having the capacity of a smartphone was often dreamt about and, 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 and talked about, but it wasn't reality. We have teenagers now that were born after the invention and, and, and release of the iPhone, mm-hmm. right? So this is their reality. This is what's conditioned their socialization experience, mm-hmm. right? And it's very, very, very deep, positive and negative polarity. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. That's such a great, you, you guys are giving me alley-oops today. Listeners, I, you know, my next question was just that. You know, do you believe that there's a direct link between some of this depression and, and um, some of these mental illnesses? So is there, do you believe that there's a link between mental illness and social media? Oh, that's been studied. It's been proven already. There's yeah. definitely a link between depression and social media. Um, there's a, there is also secondary trauma that can happen off of social media. Mm. You can go to, I'm not even going to list their sites, but there's things where you can watch the fight and, and, and of, of two people that are traumatized. You can watch somebody get shot and killed on social media. You can, you can watch the verbal, physical, mental aggression on another people or a group of people. So yeah, there absolutely is a link to it. And, 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 in my practice, what I will say is that, you know, you you would be deceived to assume, and Rob alluded to this earlier, that this is just age specific. Mm-hmm. So there, this expands the entire age gap. You know, mm-hmm. for some of my older clients, it is feeling out of place. Like this, mm-hmm. they, they, they didn't grow up on this. So either you get on board or you get left behind is their mindset. And okay. some of the consequences of that. And, and, you know, like I've had clients that are in their 80s that, you know, they don't believe in looking at church on online and, and through through Facebook and all that stuff. They need to be in their church or mosque mm-hmm. or congregation or whatever it is that they they practice versus, you know, people who are looking at other people's life and thinking, wow, they got it so good. My life mm. is terrible. I don't That's have right. anything. They look at all these pictures at the at the, at the, at the guy at the beach. That that picture was taken 15 years ago, but they posted it like it happened last week. Right. And, and, and then not even attending to this this axiom that comparison is the thief of joy. Absolutely. Mm. <laughs> like, that. like that. Not even not even paying attention to, oh, how many filters did they use or how many times did they stage and screen that shot? Oh, and now it looks so perfect, right? Absolutely. No. No. And 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 again, I don't want to be that old guy, you know, that old uncle in the corner talking about how, you know, the world is going to hell in a handbasket. Right. right? I don't want to be right. that guy. Right. Right. But 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 let's also not be naive. We know better and we should know better. We Absolutely. know how multi-billion dollar corporations profit 
off of other people's consumerism. Absolutely. Right? We know predator and prey, you know, mentality and behavior patterns, right? Mm -hmm. The challenge, what I look at is that social media, if it becomes a primary way of living life, Mm -hmm. just like being a couch potato, right? Couch potato was the the, the saying back in the 80s, right? Mm -hmm. It, It promotes a stagnant lifestyle. If I'm sitting there watching YouTube videos six, seven, eight hours of the day, if I'm sitting there on Twitter fooling myself, thinking that it's interactive, the only interaction that, that, that social media offers usually is cognitive and emotional interactivity or reactivity. It's not a physically active, engaging lifestyle choice, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it actually promotes stagnation of the body, but it over hyperstimulation of the mind and, and, and of the emotions, right? And so it can contribute to an imbalance, whether we want to talk about a chemical imbalance or a lifestyle imbalance. Right. And so I I just want to be very, very cautionary to the listeners, to my own children, to myself. I want to take my own medicine in this. Right. Mm -hmm. We have to be very careful because too much of anything creates an imbalance. Absolutely. And the lack of awareness and presence. Right. Um, You know, uh. One, a couple of clients I have had, uh, you know, you really have to work them through the fact of why are you making that post? You have to ask that question. Mm. Why are you putting that picture up? What is it that you hope to gain? What do likes mean to you? Mm. Do likes do you- really define your, 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 your skill set, your ability, your qualities? You know, like you, you, you actually have to delve deeper into it to help people understand that it's a facade. You know, you know, it's it's not necessarily real. There could be a reason why, you know, that some people are saying it's good because I have this many likes. <laughs> oh, there are so many. So often it comes up where I'm working with clients and they are trying to tell themselves, whether it's convincing themselves or convincing me that what they post is only for them. Right. The inherent (laughs) contradiction needs to be heightened. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. If it's only for you, then you need not post it. If it's only for you, you need not look to see what the receptivity, the response or the like factors are. Right. right? Mm -hmm. We really need that type of external validation. What I propose is that we are social, we are social beings by nature, by design, by creation, by evolution, but we lack village. We lack communal communion. And social media now becomes like this artificial community. But we fail to realize these algorithms that perpetuate patterns of echo chambers, right? Mm-hmm. And it creates this falsehood or this false view that what we are living on in social media is in actuality a reality when it, truly it, it, it's less of a reality than we give we, we pay attention to. Right. We just don't have that inner working knowledge. Um, Rob, I, I think you were talking in pre-production about some 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 resources for, for, for clients. And I hope to get to that as well. But but yeah, but I, I see you. You're the host. Brother. I also I also would be remiss to, t- to not acknowledged another aspect of concern and to play the devil's advocate. Another aspect of concern is this notion that you get pressured while you're doing all of this on top of this. And what I mean by that is there's no coincidence as to why every feed story that you get coming across your screen is related to something you're thinking about. Because you clicked something that set off an algorithm. There's no there's no coincidence as to why, you know, I, I was on social media not, the other day and why I was getting advertisement for stuff from my fraternity. <laughs> you know, right. like, right. how did that happen? You knew yeah. which fraternity I was in. And mm. you're saying you might want to take a look at that. So you get this pressure and these these things that are put in your place to, to kind of, you know, whether it's agreement. Oh, you know, it's about mm, 200,000 people that, that see the same thing you see. So it clearly must be on some validity. And then there's that. But then I would be remiss to say that if we, if used appropriately, 
Mm-hmm. It can actually support your process. And I'm, I'm sure we'll delve into it, but I'll, I'll revisit that later. So I want to take this time to, again, invite our listeners to please send us any of your comments about this particular topic or any topic that we've discussed on our podcast. But this topic in particular about how you feel about social media, listen, Send it to the unicornscouch at gmail.com. Tell me if you look at your phone before you take a piss in the morning. Mm. That's right. You heard me. You or get out. While you're taking a piss. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You roll out of bed, and the first thing you grab is your phone, right? Tell me if you do that, okay? Just, just drop me a line to say, hey, Rob, I do that, and what? Okay? Because <laughs> so listen, now, can I say, listener, now they got to make me hit the explicit button. <laughs> right. right. I, I apologize. But again, if, if you if, if, if this is what you're doing, let me know. Now that I said that, I'm going to say that we all three admit that we are users of social media. Correct. Yes. yes that's and so I want to. Right. And I want to let the listeners know that there are two, <laughs> two industries that call, you know, their customers users. That's people that use illegal drugs, and that's the software industry or the tech industry or the social media industry. Now, that's not mine. That's from Edward Toft. But I just I have to let people know that user, junkie, addicted, whatever words that you want to use to describe it, that we're not talking about things as if we're not in this bubble with you. We are in this bubble with you. In fact, this particular episode is about informing you that you're in this bubble so that you can make a conscious choice to back off on some things or look at some things from a different light. Or, as Owen said so prophetically, use it for whatever it is that you need to use. Okay, we talked about fear and battling fear. Let's use it for some of these tools that that can help us. And please understand that Moving forward in this particular podcast, you know, we're going to talk about some things. We're going to talk about that pleasure pain balance that um, Jay was alluding to. Right. And that that need that you feel like you have, you know, to post. And who is it really for? Who is it really for? Um, So, you know. Every action that you take. In talking about algorithm, algorithm, excuse me, every action that you take, every uh, thing that you use is used, it's collected, and is saved as data, right? Do you guys, my listeners, do you know that? And in knowing that, then you can understand that that's why these algorithms work in a way that if you were looking at a shirt, that every time you open your phone, they're going to send you shirts because you were looking at a shirt, Right? And so in understanding that, guys, how, how do we look at social media uh, from a different aspect, from an aspect of how we can improve our self-worth as opposed to losing our identity in social media? Yeah, I, I don't know, Jay, um, if you want to take that one first. Yeah, and, 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 and I think that losing our identity, shaping our identity informing our identity, misinforming our identity. I mean, the, the, the options are limitless, right? Because we are drowning in information, but we are starving for truth, mm-hmm. right? And, and a couple of years ago, there was a book that came out called Algorithms of Oppression, yeah, which looked at the ways in which algorithms are used based on stereotypes and how they are used to perpetuate stereotypes, right? And I I offer that just as one caveat, one stream that flows back into this ocean of social media, because it has profound impact on what we trust to be true and assume to be true, And it can greatly impact our reality. It can shape and distort our reality by thinking, well, this is the truth. And anything that's counter this truth must be a false narrative. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And and, and so I, I just, you know, again, cautionary folks, you know, caution to the listeners. I'm not saying don't ever use social media. Mm -hmm. Use it. Don't abuse it. 
Mm-hmm. Use it and don't allow it to use or abuse you. Because what we're noticing is with the, the proliferation of social media, there is this proliferation of online um, bullying, intimidation, mm-hmm. right? Um, Oren had referenced before how it can shape the way in which we see ourselves so that a natural picture might not be as as trusted as a filtered picture. Mm-hmm. If I only get 15 likes as opposed to 1,500 likes, is there something wrong with me? But if the algorithm is controlling who might see and like that picture, then it's less about my own sense of self as opposed to the proliferation of that picture and who gets access and who gets limited access to it, right? So I think that we can lose ourselves or lose our identity if we don't know who we are to begin with, Mm -hmm. right? And I think that's the challenge, especially with younger children born into this, this world and this reality, that their identity is still being shaped. It's still being developed, Right. What are your thoughts, though? I I, I like what you said. I, I'm going to take a risk by saying this off of what anecdotal experience or from my perspective for a second. I don't think you can gain identity from social media because it doesn't compensate for several factors that are important to establish an identity. Um, one of the things that is challenging about trying to authenticate identity is it loses context. There's not an emoji emoji for sarcasm. There's not an emoji for um, um, disingenuine or projection or some of these other variables. There's a nuance to human interaction that if you can't see facial expressions, if you can't read process, then you know there's there's a nuance to being on camera. Are you going to be your most authentic self? Like if you're on TikTok, is that really who you are on 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 Facebook Live, on Instagram? You know, you you could block off everybody and call everybody a friend, but is everybody actually a friend? Do you even talk to them outside of the social media? Would that be considered a friend? So what mm-hmm. I would say is that when it comes to, I, I do believe you can you can. Uh, uh, kind of fall into a process where you become less present through social media. But I don't think you can actually gain uh, identity unless you're linked to a class that can get you an identity or linked to mental health that can start you on a path to get identity or linked to something that's positive that can help jumpstart your career or other things that that you could, you could do. But I don't think in itself it does that. that now, that's me taking a risk. Now, from from a perspective of looking, listening to younger people, I used to say this all the time. When I was growing up, and I'm not trying to date myself, audience, but when I was growing up, you had game systems that had one button and a drum. Mm. You, had, you had game systems that had a cartridge that you pushed in and pushed down. It was dimensional. Mm-hmm. You were jumping over barrels, hopping over logs. You were, it was one dimensional. Football was three on three. Basketball was one on one. There was a, I couldn't talk to anybody in China. Mm-mm. So, Mm-mm. so what I know to be true, and this is what I have to explain to some of the parents is if you grew up in that generation, you don't have perspective when it's time to go, why we was going outside because that game system wasn't more fun than being outside and having an interaction. Mm-hmm. You fast forward the tapes to 2021 and now you have game systems where you can pick your sneakers. You, oh my goodness. You can talk to somebody. You can talk to all your friends you go to school with. And all three of y'all can play against somebody that y'all go to school with or somebody from a local school. Like the, the, the benefits or the opportunities that presents itself with them is different. So no, going outside is actually competitive now with staying on game systems and, and entertaining through social media. And we have oh. to be honest to that. I was talking with another parent growing up. The restriction of the punishment was we couldn't go outside. Absolutely. Now the punishment is you have to go outside. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. I mean, it, it, yeah. it, it's, it's, it's completely disordered in terms of socialization. I, I think in our age and generation growing up, we're going outside was the entertainment because we didn't have the access that you just spoke of. Yeah. And right. So, so let me not stop there. Let me just add, let me add in dating. Dating site. Mm. See, one of the things about dating sites that's a challenge is that that's an algorithm as well. 
But mm. what that algorithm doesn't compensate for is that how is that different from being in a club? How is that <laughs> how is that different? Like at least in a club, you can see that somebody is maybe trying to say this because they want something from you. You can't necessarily read that in somebody's bio. You don't even know if they wrote their own bio. Correct. So, so the the reality of it is that there's this there's this belief system that oh it's easier to do it this way. Nah, it's easier because you want it to be easier, and so therefore it is. Okay. You know, and so before, okay, you might be able to get to know somebody because you can dance, or you had a lot of money, or you can dress well. Mm-hmm. Now you get to know somebody because you post and you say something real clever. Mm-hmm. I remember talking to a, a colleague of mine who was on an online dating site, and the person put up pictures of themselves that wasn't accurate. They were banking on the fact that when they met, their personality would supersede what they. This person was and 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 this is no shame this person was double their size in real mm-hmm. life mm-hmm. and and she was telling me the colleague was telling me nah, nah I wasn't so upset that he was bigger I was upset that he lied and 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 I think that it perpetuates the opportunity for for presenting that false self yeah, not who we are, but who we wish that we were, or or want people to see us to be, right? But Jeremy, and I think that in person too, in your mind, like don't I, you present a image that we want you to see in person? Without a doubt, without a right. doubt, it's, it's the masks that we put on and the masks that we take off. It's just but a I think bit harder, right, to sell it. But, it, but it's a lot harder because I think that it perpetuates two psychological syndromes. One, folks might be very familiar with this imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Five, you know, a, a lot of people, you know, fluff their resume, right? And right. when they get to the interview, when they get on the job, it's like, ooh, I put all that on a resume. I don't know if I can actually live up to all of that, right? Mm-hmm. This imposter syndrome that I think is very, very ripe and ready in social media context, mm-hmm. right? And then I think it also perpetuates almost what Dr. Akbar referred to as the alien self that we have to create or live up to this false image of who is not part of our natural disposition. Yeah. Mm. And it creates this cognitive dissonance of who we are, who we think we should be and who we think people we want to think of us to be. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I think yes. it can create all sort of distortions mm-hmm. that are clearly present when we have face to face, eye to eye, heart to heart interaction. Yes. But there's this inauthenticity that is ripe. I'm not saying it's all the way the case for social media, but it's so prevalently available. The potential is there and we see it manifesting. And I think in a lot of psychological, emotional ailments, relational disconnect. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. So um, I don't want to give up social media. What's wrong with you two? I like living in this. perpetuated world where I'm king, where I can present to be um, whatever it is that I want to be. I love this dream. Okay. Now, again, listeners, I'm being facetious, but I'm, I'm saying that because I think a lot of us like to be able to escape every now and then, but it is the escaping all the time. Uh, let me say it this way. It is the using social media as a pacifier is what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so I, I I want to get from you guys, what should I do? How should I talk to, um, you know, my younger guys that I work with who grew up in this and don't want to get out of that? I mean, that, you know, go and purchase clothes or borrow clothes or, or let me say it this way, create a perception of what they really want to be. How do we get to this next step of, okay, if that's what you want to be, then this is the work that needs to be done. Mm. My my response is, you know, enjoy social media. Pay attention to any pain or suffering that it might be contributing or adding into your life, into the life of your relationships, into the life of those that you care about. Again, everything... From, from my perspective, from my practice, everything has sunshine and shadow, positive and negative polarity. 
can you in can you take the crooked with the straight, so to speak? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and and just you know being clear that if it dominates your cognitive energy, if it dominates your thoughts, if it dominates your physical energy, if you're spending a lot of time on it, if you're up at night rather than resting and sleeping, but if you're up late at night and it's interrupting with your circadian rhythm, your sleep pattern, right? If you are investing your sense of self, your sense of self-concept, sense of self-worth, sense of validation, then you might need to check yourself because Mm -hmm. it can it can be the door opener for a lot of pleasure and a lot of ego syntonic types of things. In other words, it can be very pleasing to the ego. It can be very pleasing to reestablish connections with folks that you've lost connection with. So I'm not saying that it's all bad. What I'm encouraging for us all, myself included, I am a consumer, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. I'm one of those users. I've had to check myself a number of occasions, right? It's just a matter of what does balance look like in your life, right? Yeah, I I, I want to say that anytime you lose present presence, there's there will be a price to pay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you this happens in in non social media or social media, like anytime that you are being defined by what you think your image should be or not aware and present to who, what's actually going on inside you, how you're feeling, how you responded to that, then you're going to pay a price. And what you have to get comfortable with is understanding the price that you're going to have to pay. And, mm. and this is where the depression comes in. This is where the anxiety comes in. This is where, you know, where you get caught off guard because you're thinking this person really likes you, but this is where you place high value on people that you don't know or have no idea about in their comments to you. You know, my mom taught me when I was young, you know, to be popular means to be talked about. Mm. Not everything Mm. that's going to be said is going to be positive. I learned that lesson at a very early age. You know, I was fortunate enough to have a lot of opportunity to know a lot of people throughout my life. And I would say that not everything that was said about me was even accurate or true, but I had a sense of presence. And even with a sense of presence, there were times that I felt awful as the, as the how people said. So if you add the dynamic of social media where people don't have to be accountable, mm. what they're saying and what they're doing, yeah. then people will say, I wish you would just die. Not mean it, but think it's funny because they yeah. don't have to be accountable to it. Now, if you're not present, You'll say, why would somebody wish I just die? And, you know, they've had episodes like they've had shows where somebody said, oh, to a professional boxer, oh, that's why you got knocked out. And I would I would knock you out, too. You know what that professional boxer did on part of social media? He went and found that social media person. And mm-hmm. that social media person, when he realized, he was like, come on, no, no, let's go outside. Do what you said you was going to do to me. And the fear he had on his face. Mm. Got humble real quick. Got humble real mm-hmm. quick. The, I think yeah. the lesson to it is like, you know, you have to understand that this is all a game to people. It's not yeah. real to everybody. And mm-hmm. so they, they're dragging you into this game if you're not present. So if I may, oh, I, I, I think you started that by saying anytime we lose presence, there's a consequence. Yes, right? absolutely. And let's be clear to ourselves and to the listeners. We never needed social media to lose our presence. No. Right. Mm. I've, I've worked with a lot of clients and, 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 you know, dudes be like, yeah, I went back and met with her. And it's like, but we talked about that. Right. You would express you, you, you know, you lose part of yourself when you, yeah. you know, get wrapped in that relationship. Right. Oh, you didn't need social media for that. Right, right. You know what I mean? The, the problem is that the social media offers accessibility, right. proliferating right. that opportunity Absolutely. to distract ourselves or to distort right. ourselves or to lose ourselves in right. our presence. Presence meaning both the time, but also our gift. When we're distracted from our purpose or from our calling or from what we are doing here on this earth, Mm -hmm. then we're losing not only time, but what our gift is. And I think that's the double edged part of that presence that that, that you spoke of, man. Yeah. So let me, let me recap for the listeners, accessibility without consequences. 
That's what you that's what you both just said. Accessibility without consequences. Hello, DM sliding mm. into someone's DM. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Without consequences. And so we, we have to think about that. Another issue is, you know, you're getting information from people who may not be in your tribe. Before we had social media, before we, you know, they were it was it was it was tribal. Now you're getting information from people from tribes, from, you know, if, if you think in that aspect of uh, that you wouldn't normally get. So you wouldn't normally have to process that. Mm-hmm. Right. You wouldn't normally have to use that in your pleasure pain balance because it mm. was never it was never a factor for you. But now it, it, it is a factor. Listen, I, I just want our listeners to understand that. <clears throat> Social media was created by about 50 designers, you know, 20 to 30 white males in California, seeing if they can control 2 billion people. They succeeded to the point that those people who developed social media do not use social media anymore. Mm. Can you imagine that? Creating something that you felt was good that has gotten to the point that you don't even use it. You don't even let your kids use it, okay, in, in the aspect, and I'm talking about today's generation uh, of teenagers who cannot live without posting or being on social media or scrolling. And again, Owen made a perfect point. It, it spans all ages because we have older people who, again, have now fallen into that same type of addictive um, addiction of, you know, not being able to get up without posting or you know, why these um, <laughs> these shows, these fake real-to-life shows on TV, which are all scripted. Hello. Sorry, listeners. Didn't want to let the cat out of the bag on that one. Oh, but my goodness. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a step further, I'm talking about the the play, the psychologists, the, the, the therapists. Yes. They're actors. They're not even yes. real people. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And they're just putting, putting a, you know, a smite on what you gentlemen do every day. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that the couples therapy that you guys do, um, that social media plays a part that maybe when you guys came out of school, that wasn't something that was discussed in, you know, your paradigm of dealing with these people. Yeah. Now it is imperative that you speak about it. Mm-hmm. So so talk to me from a um, from your practice perspective, both of you, um, you know, how that has impacted how you deal with your clients. Oh, goodness. You know, when I'm working with couples, um, one of the biggest barriers to connectivity and to to, to relational harmony right now um, and for the past several years has included a combination of social media and the, 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 the smartphone. Right. Because really, you can't have social media without the smartphone. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, you can, but it just is not as, as accessible and immediate. Right. And so it, 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 it interrupts so much of a harmonious intimacy, right? Whether it's an emotional intimacy, a cognitive intimacy, a spiritual or, or physical intimacy, um, it has opened the door for a lot of a lot of important couples therapy sessions because we're talking about betrayals of trust. Mm-hmm. We're talking about you know, disingenuous communication. We're talking about being distracted and not present. As Orrin had said, a lack of presence comes with consequence. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it can erode a, a couple's ability to really connect and to be in harmony with each other for a number of reasons. Mm-hmm. Oh, what, a, what about your practice experience? Yeah, I, I have to counter Yana Vazant and fix my life because that's not real life. Nobody's Woo! fixed in the episode. That's entertainment. <laughs> and, it's, and it's not very, in my opinion, humble opinion, no disrespect for her because she's wrote some wonderful books and stuff. But in my humble opinion, it's just entertainment. It's not, it's not therapeutic in nature. It's not performative. It's performative. Yeah. Same with Dr. Phil, all the rest of them. So I have to counter it. So in my introductory sessions with most people, whether it's individuals, couples and stuff like that, I have to get them on the notion that we're not going to fix this today, you know. Mm. Then just start today. This <laughs> right. has been generating for years. So let's set some realistic bars for how we're yes. going to get to the end of this story. 
Okay. And and so that's one of the things that I, that that I think is super important. The other thing that I think um, that's really relevant is that I try and integrate where people are. So like I've given assignments where they have to find with me, like young people, I, you have to find that Marvel character that that you relate to and why. So they go through YouTube and they do that. And, and I use it for education. I may I may send somebody a video by Brene Brown. Um, my therapist, when he was he is his he still still sends me videos uh, and different things through social media to, to think about and stuff like that. And so I'll try and use it as as another tool and a toolbox to help people to to get to a better place. But what I what I am clear is that we're, we're we can't be defined by it. We have to be present to it. We have to be real with it. And you know, my thing is that it is a precursor. Behavior is a communication of the problem. So if you can't communicate with somebody because you're communicating on social media and that's your form of communication, you're communicating another problem that maybe you feel uncomfortable communicating with the person that you're supposed to be communicating with. Maybe you feel insecure. Maybe you don't want to be here anymore. It's not mm. social media is this problem. That's just mm-hmm. the communication of the problem. But if you can't get off of it. Right. That's right. Yep. Right. Woo. Yeah. Yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, you know, our listeners, listen, this is a topic that we could go on for that. We could do a whole season, really, uh, on on social media. Um, and I, I just want the listeners to know, again, that this was not a slight on social media, but this is just a wake up call. Um, I have to remind you that everything that you do is monetized on social media. Please mm-hmm. remember that Orrin started out by saying that social media, just like TV and radio, is propaganda used by advertisers to sell something. Okay? Mm-hmm. And please remember that if you're not paying for the product, you are the product. Okay? So you got to understand that. And in understanding that, you know, please understand that it's, a, it's gradual. It's slight. Okay? It's imperceivable. It's a change in your behavior and your perception. Okay. And again, that is the pro- that is what the advertisers are doing to get you to buy their products now. Okay. Please understand and don't take lightly that that Dawn commercial is selling you more than just uh, um, dishwashing liquid. Okay. We need for you to understand that you have to be aware of what's going on with what you're doing on social media for my younger listeners and for my older listeners, please understand that it can come back to bite you. But on the positive side, on the flip side, it can be used as a tool to help you. Absolutely. And that would be my closing thought. Listen, social media right now is probably a goal-oriented weapon, okay? And it can be used to change your psychology, absolutely, and your behavior. Okay, and it can be used against you. Okay, but you can also use it to help you. Absolutely help you. Okay. Monitor monitor what you do on social media, ladies and gentlemen. Pay attention to whether or not you're doing this for likes or whether or not you're doing this to get approval. Yeah, so he was, okay. Like Let's Rob start was saying talking to each other in person. Go ahead. So Rob, real quick, um, because we lost you for a half half a second. Um so kind of summarize where you were going with that last speech. We lost. We apologize to our audience. Oh, I, no, I and I don't know what happened with that. I was just basically saying to our listeners that, you know, just pay attention to what you're doing on social media and pay attention to whether or not you're doing something to get approval and understand that social media is as real as you want to make it. But it's mm-hmm. really not something, you know, that you can get uh, to help you do or 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 feel better for the moment okay it is a dream so i have a question for both of you all three of us are engaged in social media mm-hmm. if you're going to be honest with the listeners right now and be honest about some of your behavior on social media you would you be open enough to acknowledge that you too have fell prey to the same things that other people that we're talking about in social media, like, for example, posting something about you or your family or, you know, someplace you've been or someplace you've gone because you do want to see how people react. And if that's true or not, like with your own behavior, 
how do you profess to create balance in your life between that and recognizing that you got to turn it off or you got to put it down and you got to get back to what's in front of you and be present. So my question to you to, I know that was long. My question is, do you acknowledge your space in it? And B, when you acknowledge your space in it, how do you balance it in your own life? Absolutely. Jay, let me go first on this one, because this is easy for me. Um, I, I acknowledge that I have used social media before through my wife. Um, because I'm not on uh, many platforms at all because of the job that I do for fear of um, uh, retribution from the work that I do and things that could be said. Um, and I, criminal justice field, just so that you know. Yeah, absolutely. For our listeners, I'm sorry, I'm in the criminal justice field. So, um, but I've also, I, I have also sat back and watched people in my household use it. Um, and try to effectuate balance by talking to them about what they put on it. Um, and so th that's how that's how I do that. I haven't been on it enough uh, to get that validation, so to speak, um, in terms of, you know, I haven't posted anything to see if someone was going to like it or this, that, and the third, because I'm not on those platforms, but I have watched people do that. Um, and I have talked about just what you said, Orrin, and again, for our listeners to understand every therapist needs a therapist. So please understand that these two gentlemen are the people that I go to to ask questions. And so I then take back information to my particular family members. And I have said to them, hey, we, you know, you need to kind of pull back on anything that you put on social media it stays on it. And please understand that, you know, do we really want to be paying advertisers for stuff that we don't use um, mm -hmm. or stuff that um, and, and make your own decisions? So th that would be my answer in a nutshell, Jay. Yeah, yeah, and 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 I acknowledge that earlier on, maybe ten years ago, I was far more active and far more present in social media, mm -hmm. and I had to learn through, you know, just you know, paying attention to my own behavior and reactivity to social media platforms, and I had to really kind of sit back and recalibrate my presence. Um, not only for personally, but also um, professionally. I'm in a, in a very different light professionally. I have a little bit more or a lot more independence. Um, and so then, then I think you have, Rob, in terms of, of what I might be able to share and disclose and post on po social media, but I'm still very mindful of it as well. So I don't do a lot of you know, personal posting. But, but the, the point being is that I had to recalibrate my presence and what I was using it for. And then once I started becoming more of an informed consumer, mm. you know, Rob, Rob, you, you, you touched on this a couple of times in tonight's in, in today's conversation, which is recognizing that we are consumers. We are the product. And once I really made that that shift in consciousness and awareness and I was like, whoa, I'm a consumer here. Just the same way when I go to the supermarket, I want to know what it is that I'm consuming. I do read the label of the food that I buy. And when I started reading some of the privacy policies, I was blown away. I was mm -hmm. like, whoa, 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 this does not sit right with, with, with me. It's, it's not congruent with my values. And so I was able to disengage. I was able to pull back. And what I realized was I lost a lot of relationships. Mm -hmm. it, it's, it, it's really remarkable how convenient some people look at, let's say, Facebook or, or other types of social mediums to say, oh, happy birthday. But they don't call or they don't text mm. or make happy birthday. happy birthday, right? And so I really realized who my village or who my circle was. And I had to go through, whoa, whoa, that felt like rejection. There was <laughs> anger, and animosity and resentment that I then said, you know what, man, bump that. Maybe they aren't as genuine of a friend as I, as, as I thought that they were. And then I had to recalibrate that. Well, let me ask. Because life is so complex, complex and complicated, maybe they just didn't have, you know, the time or didn't make the time in their own life. Right. And so I had to go through a whole bunch of like personal conversations. You know, 90 percent of all talk is self-talk. <laughs> and I had to do a lot of self-talk and reevaluation to say, you know what, maybe I'm really creating this narrative. Social media really distorted that. And I wasn't aware of it until I disengaged from it. 
right? And so I just want to let the listeners know, if you stay on, if you disengage, if you recalibrate, you know, the journey is yours, right? Um, and, and, and so I had to become more of an informed consumer. And that's what helped me refine or re- reset my center. That's good, good stuff. Uh, Rob, Rob, you were saying in conclusion, um, you one, you did an excellent job once again hosting. I, 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 Jay, he's one of the best hosts of all time, right here. <laughs> oh, oh, I, I know him for all time quarterback. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I mean, and so, um, any last words from the host? Yeah, man. Listen, um, we got some exciting uh, final episodes for episode uh for season two coming up um we're gonna we're gonna talk about uh you, you know your diet both um physically your, your physical diet as well as your mental health diet um we're gonna talk about doing the work i want my listeners to come back our listeners to come back for that um we're gonna talk about communication um and how we communicate and so we're gonna tie all of this stuff together um, I look forward to you guys coming back. I look forward to hearing your comments about social media, both good, bad, and indifferent. I want to hear it. Um, we want to hear it. We want to dissect it. We want to kick it back. Thank you so much for listening. Jay and O, please give me some last words. Yo, I, watching The Social Dilemma, I, I was I was really intrigued to know that the creators of so many of these social media platforms aren't even on it themselves. And it mm-hmm. reminded me of that uh, of that. Ageless wisdom of, of Scarface. Don't get high off your own supply. Absolutely. Right? And, and, and for the curators and, and the influencers and folks that are heavily invested and involved in, in social media, I, I, I want to offer that to, to us as well. Don't get high off your own supply. Don't let the ego, don't let the wave, you know, that you're riding, um, you know, come down, come crashing down on you. So find your center and be true to yourself. Mm-hmm. And I'll just leave with be present. Mm. Beautiful. We'll talk to you next time. Looking forward to it from the Unicorn's Couch. We're out. Peace. Peace. Peace.